never mind Catholic and Orthodox. And so these local pastors, they work together. They have a covenant, as they call it, and they meet regularly, and they actually work very closely together. And I was able to visit a couple of these pastors and their, and their churches and what they're doing for the refugees. There's one video, and I'm not showing it to you today because I've posted it on social media that you can watch, and it's that of a Baptist church, a new Baptist church. They just bought the building. They're just moving into the building, and they didn't have the proper building permits to actually renovate the building, but the government allowed them uh, to use it as a distribution center for Ukrainian refugees. And so it was, it, it's a great video to watch. The couple's absolutely fantastic. And I have to admit that there was so much to see. And yet when I was there the entire time, I felt I couldn't take pictures or videos. There's a thing called poverty porn. It's, 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 you know, when you go out on missions trips and you go visit third world countries and you cater to poverty people and you're doing your selfies and saying, hey, look at how I'm helping poor people. That, that's how I felt. I felt that the, 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 the moments that we spent with people, the time that we spent with people, the lines that we watched of people standing in was actually sacred. And to take pictures was to almost dishonor that. That's how I felt. Otherwise, I would have had thousands of pictures to try to convey. But I felt that I was stepping into holy space. And that was difficult for me to capture. Anyway. Pastor Wojtek and his wife Agnieszka, they're leaders of the center and they worked with other churches and they were so excited that we showed up and that they were showing everything to me and then they wanted to go upstairs as we made ourselves through all the building. They said, this is where our coffee, every church in Europe has a coffee shop. This is where our coffee shop is going to be and this is where we're going to meet and this is where we got this and right now this is the kitchen. Oh, look at the kitchen shelves are empty. We're, we're running out of food. We've only been operating for four days. Uh, the first three days, 100 people each day have come in. And uh, you can only come and visit this one distribution center once um, a week. Otherwise, it'll just continually run out of stuff. And so Agnesha said that she was going shopping with her son because the kitchen was almost empty. And there we are upstairs. And it was as if God already prepared, prepared my heart because I had no clue where I was going from day to day. Pastor Adam was great. I just jumped in the car and we drove. But that night I counted out $1,000 out of our stash and I put it in my wallet. And so when we went upstairs, on the way up the stairs, I just felt this. And, and, and understand, I, I went to other centers that day, but just didn't feel something going on. And I type to Adam and I show him on my phone. I said, can I give these guys money? Because again, you got to be politically correct. You got to be culturally correct. I didn't want to offend or overstep my welcome. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. So we get upstairs and they want to pray. And I said, I just have a gift from our church to yours. And I gave a, pulled out my wallet and I gave her $1,000. Doesn't seem like a lot maybe to us. She cried for about three minutes. Just grateful. And what we're finding is that people are so grateful that those of us on the other side of the world are trying to do something. 
you know, the, the last day we met a bunch of refugees from Lutsk. You know, before we go there, because we have a video, I'm going to tell you a little crazy story. The truck. Um, so one of the requests I got is, hey, Jerry, we need, we need a truck. We need to ship food. We need, we need something. Can you, can you purchase this for us? Because you're raising money. And uh, some of the pictures I see, you don't, and we don't see on the news, but there have been vehicles from Lutsk Church that have showed up at the church, and all the windows all the way around, with the exception of the windshield, have been blown out. There's shell. Uh, they went into Bucha. That's where they went. They were delivering in Bucha, and the Russians were shooting at them. Another car machine gunned right across the front. And these are our brothers and sisters. We need a vehicle. We're, we're running low on vehicles. Vehicles are getting destroyed. Can you help us? Can you raise money? So I'm phoning people right across the nation going, like, you might be saying, well, hey, Jerry, you raise a lot of money. Yeah, but that money's all designated. It's all going somewhere else. And this is how we handle our funds. Very controlled, very much. I'm not just going to throw it out there. I'm going to, oh, I said I will raise money. I'll raise money separately. So I phone up a guy in Edmonton. I go, hey, Phil, can you help us out here? You know, he got a fairly big church. Can you, can you do something? He goes, yeah, yeah. Calls me back a couple days later. We talk. We're going to give you, and he calls it seed money. I'm going to give you $15,000. Now, at this point in my life, I'm going, come on. I don't need seed money. I need 30, 32,500 US dollars. That's exactly what I need. And you're giving me 15 Canadian. Uh, but, you know, I thought, okay, here's seed money. This is great. Sharon and I, before we went to Poland, went to visit her sister down in L.A. Just to rest and to unplug before we were walking into. Turn off my phone. Obviously to fly. Land in L.A. I turn on my phone. There's an email. Hey, Jerry, just wanted to let you know, we know you're raising money. Here's $45,000. I don't think you knew him, did you? Hmm? Did you know this individual? I don't know who he is. Blown away. I phone him up. I say, thank you. I say, I appreciate you giving the money, but here's, here's the need that I have. I know that you've collected money from your people to do this because there's a pastor in a church in Alberta. Can I use your money to buy a truck? Sure. Go ahead. There we go. Truck's already paid for. Don't even have to worry about it. Like, I think that's a God thing. I think you guys should celebrate that with me for a little bit. Bogdan on in the Ukraine. Jerry, we need a trailer to go with the truck now. Come on. Come on. How much is your trailer? $7,000. Okay. So... I got $7,000 together. I actually had it on us when we were there. We're in Poland. Bogdan messages me. Oh, we went to go pick up the trailer today, and they sold it. Okay. Well, we have another one we're going to go look at. Okay. Phones me up later that night. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a new trailer, but it's smaller. I'm thinking, okay, how much is this going to cost? Like, it's a new trailer. The other one was used. This is new. It's going to cost more money. I just know it, right? Um, Pastor, it's only $5,000. But I can get two generators as well. For how much? 
well, for $7,000. I go, well, what are you worried about? Yeah, do it. Because I already had this. But it was interesting how they would ask permission in the spending of the funds that were sent our way. It was interesting how all these things would come together. And uh, I think, again, it's, it's the soft time. So can, I, can, can you share with, the, with everybody the call you got at 2 in the morning? Okay. Our phone rings at two in the morning, and uh, it's somebody from Ukraine actually calling. And there's, there's, there are ministry partners, and she says, Pastor Jerry, I need your help. I have got a mother and a daughter here, and the daughter has special needs, and we have to get them out of Ukraine, and we don't, we don't know where to take them. We need to take them to Canada. We feel like we need to bring she, them here. She needed special milk. Uh, medical attention and uh, the next morning we were talking and Jerry said uh, we don't we're Canada's not in place to take people unless they well unless they already had their visas Correct. in the queue at and that so point kudos to the Liberal government for having and making a response at the beginning but the people that were coming in and what we're seeing now are mostly people already had uh, um, uh, visas and visa applications already in the queue. Uh, some have been able to get family to fly them over and settle like that. But there are people like this family that there's nothing. And many people left with no identification. Right. So that morning, um, I have a girlfriend who's an MLA, and I said, could you get your dad, please? He works in caucus in uh, Ottawa. Could you please get him to call Jerry? And through all of this, we've been able to, um, well, I believe, actually bring change to, um, to what's happening here in Canada in regards to bringing people over here to Canada. And, you know, it just, you need to be faithful in the little things. Sometimes God puts people into your path, and you don't know why, but sometimes it's just it's your connections and it's different things that that um, you've established over over the years but having said all that um a lot of the ukrainian people don't want to come to canada they want to stay they want to be close they want to go back a lot of people have gone back to ukraine and for those of them that are staying in poland it's um i love the polish people uh when they were telling me how Ukraine and, and Poland kind of had, they were at odds at one point in time, I, I was in disbelief, actually. Because anywhere you go, you go to the mall and you see how the people are just reaching out to their neighbors in the neighboring country. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Um, on our last day, we met a bunch of refugees from Lutsk. Uh, and, and again, because of the storm, we've been having some audio or video issues. I don't know. If, do we have the video ready? We do? Yes, no? Thumb up, thumb down? Thumbs up. Good. So, um, of course, I, we've been at this church many times. Sergey has been here with his wife, Katya. We've talked to a number of individuals uh, on, on Wednesday, the day before we left in the food court. And they, we all just sort of met there publicly and... It was the best place that we could do that. And the night before, Sharon and I, we were actually given a list of names. So I said, Sergey, who from your church is here? And he gave us a list of names of people. And uh, so we took, I went out, bought some cards, and we 
took the time, and I, Sharon has better handwriting me, so she wrote little messages in all the cards, signed it from Soul Sanctuary. And each of the cards, uh, we put just a couple hundred dollars, so that would help them, and I had the joy of presenting the cards to them, and I, it was really, it was a moving time, it really was. One lady who wasn't on our list, and that was okay, because I'm carrying thousands of dollars anyway, I was able to pull it up and put it in my pocket, when Sergey says, Svetlana's coming, I, don't, I didn't give you her name. And I said, that's not, not a problem. And, you know, we had already handed out all the cards to, to those that were there. And I didn't want her to feel left out. And so I said, I have a Pentecostal handshake for you, Svetlana. She's looking at me like I'm just in, like, crazy. And I walk up to her and I, I grab her hand to give her a handshake. And she can feel something in my hand. And she literally screams and pulls her hand back out. <laughs> and I had to grab her again. I go, this is a gift from our church to you. And she started bawling. She didn't even know the amount. But anyway, here's a video of uh, a few of the families. Hello, so uh, I'm Oksana. I'm from church in Lutsk. Uh, yeah, I'm her sister. And uh, thank you for all your help that you're providing us. My name is Andrei Papirnik. Hi, Canada Soul Center. <laughs> Okay. Uh, hello, my name is Ina. Yeah, um, it's Lutka. Um, Soul Center. <laughs> my name is Natalia. Yeah, it's Lutka. Soul Center. Thank you. Uh, my name is Malvina. Uh, home is Lutka. Soul Center. Thank you. My name is Svetlana. Yeah, Lutka. Soul Center. Hello, my name is Nastya. I'm from Lutsk. Thank you, Soul Center. Um, my, uh, hello, my name is Nazar. Uh, I'm from Luz and uh, thank you for Soul Center. Thank you. <laughs> I'm also from Luz. I am Pastor Sergei Semenyuk. Thank you, Soul Sanctuary, so much for supporting our people. We have gathering together with your pastors. It's a great time and thank you so much to support Ukraine. God bless you. Um, uh, I can't um, convey my gratitude to you as a church and many other people around this city and nation for what we have done. Last week, again, over on top, I issued another challenge that was twofold. And that we would give uh, care to our Manguanini Care Point in Iswatini, where we basically cost $1,000 a month to feed kids in the area that we have committed to as a church. And one day I hope to take a team down there to, to experience that firsthand. Like I said, their budget is $1,000 a month to feed these kids basic sustenance in their bellies. At the same time, I was asked by one of our Ukrainian brothers to see if we could raise funds to support eight men who lost their jobs because of the war. And what they do now is they serve the church, helping feed the people. They take care of the needs of the refugees. They run... Um, vehicles back and forth. They've been to places like Irpin, Bucha, stuff that you've seen on the news. As a matter of fact, if you've watched any of the Bucha atrocities, one of the pastors from Colville, Pastor Andre, I've, I've seen him. So these are videos that I get to see where Andre is gone into Bucha and he's been praying with people, talking with people, ministering to the needs of people. It's the very same people that CNN and CBC were interviewing and listening to their horror stories. The very same. And so the church is at work there. 
And uh, they've taken, like I said, eight men specifically who lost their jobs and you know, needed some sort of salary to get them going. I said, Bogdan, how much does it cost? He says, well, I'd like, to, I'd like to support them monthly. And I said, okay, that's fine. How much do they make a month? He goes, $250. <laughs> what? $250. bucks? you are kidding me. So, of course, I came to you last week, and I said, that's about $2,000 to take care of eight men uh, for a period of uh, one month. I'd like to let you know, because of your generosity, last week our offering was over. $21,800. So without question, the children at the care point are fed for the year. We have enough salaries to cover these eight men for three months. And Pastor Sergey, he mentioned to me that there's still another man in other churches with the same scenario. And so we're going to do what we can to work with Pastor Sergey to help him as well. That's where your money's going. I cry, but pfft. it's joy. And this is a time of celebration and excitement. Yes, the world's a mess, but we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate Beth and what she's bringing and her part of the team. We need to celebrate the generosity of our nation to help alleviate the pain in Ukraine, even if it's just a little bit. We need to celebrate our faithfulness to a God who loves us in spite of whatever, even if we are quitters or failures, that he still loves us. He's got a plan for us and something for us to do. And so I think it's fitting that today we are doing communion together because it's the feast of joy. It's the feast of joy. And Christ has gathered his people around the earth to commune at this table. On a Sunday, we see it across political lines, across economic lines, and places of powerfully protected uh, affluence, but also amongst the poorest of the poor. We share a meal. We come together. We're remembering and celebrating the one who's proved peace possible and so i invite i invite you from the east of our city and the west of our city and the north of our city and the south i invite you to come there will be a time when we come together again around the table but for now pull out your cups come with your doubts come with your hopes come with your inadequacies to the table Come with your strengths. Come, for this is a table where everyone is invited and everybody is welcome. I have a book in my library by Henry Nouwen. It's called The Life of the Beloved. In it, he reflects on four terms that describe what Jesus did with the bread at the Last Supper. The four words are very simple. They are taken, blessed, broken, and given. That's what he's done with the bread. These words summarize my life as a pastor because almost each day I come together around a table with members of 
our community and I, I take bread and maybe bless it and break it and give it in a variety of different ways. And so these words sort of summarize also my life as a Christian because as a Christian I'm called to become what? Bread for the world. Bread that is taken, bread that is blessed, bread that is broken, bread that is given. And most importantly, they really summarize life as a human being because technically in every moment of our lives, somewhere, somehow, the taking, the blessing, the breaking, and the giving should be happening as believers. These words have become and taken on a whole new meaning in my life lately. Taking, blessed, broken, given. You can take your bread and hold it if you want. Be very careful. I'd say hold it on the sides, especially if you've got sweaty hands because it's going to melt right there. Or leave it in the little wafer holder. But take a moment and just look at it, will you? What does it mean to you that God has taken? Melon prefers to use the word chosen you. God has chosen you. Noun writes this, he says, From all eternity, long before you were born and became part of history, you existed in God's heart. Long before your parents admired you, your friends acknowledged your gifts, or your teachers and colleagues and employees encouraged you, you were already chosen. The eyes of love have seen you as precious, as infinite beauty, as of eternal value. Who needs to hear that today? That the eyes of love see you as precious, of infinite beauty, and eternal value. How easy do you find it to believe deep in your heart that God has chosen you? You know, we have those voices which tell us that we're not important or that we're an accident or that we're worthless. Maybe some of those voices are telling you that you're a quitter and that you're useless. How do you react to the idea that you're actually precious? You're of infinite beauty, eternal value. Listen to this scripture and allow it to, to go from your head to your heart. Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We're chosen, but we're also blessed. Now, in writes, many people, and we too at times, feel like victims of a world we cannot change. We hear an inner voice is calling us evil, bad, rotten, worthless, useless, doomed to sickness and death. I say to you, as the beloved son or daughter of God, you're blessed. We need to take some time to count our blessings and to give thanks to God. Right now, just in your own minds, where are you thankful for the ways that he has blessed you? Think of one thing that you're grateful for in your personal life. I haven't done this in 
which feels like years, but maybe some of you want to shout it out loud. What are you blessed for? How do you want to acknowledge God? What do you want to give thanks for? Just shout it out. Pardon me? Restoration. Life? Sorry? Safety. What else? What are you blessed? Family. Thank you. Rain. <laughs> Police? Belief. What are you thankful for? We need to celebrate. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? Your vehicle. How we take it for granted. Salvation. What are we thankful for? Pardon me? Another day. What? Good health. Grandkids. What else? Completeness. There is so much for us to be thankful. Count your blessings. Jesus broke the bread, showing us that his body would be broken for us in our healing. But the road to our healing in Jesus involves us opening up to our own brokenness in order that he may eventually, that we may eventually be made whole. As a matter of fact, Paul says that we have this treasure in jars of clays to show that this is all surpassing power is from God and not from us. That we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Look at we're all broken in some way or another. We're all jars of clay. We're crackpots, if you want to put it that way. We all bear wounds. We all have hurts, failures, and disappointments. And as we open up our brokenness, we can fully enter into Christ's brokenness for us and we can take up our cross following the man of sorrows knowing that just as we share abundantly the sufferings of Jesus we also share in the comfort that he provides break your bread listen to that sound think about an area of brokenness in your own life right now it may be something you just need to be honest about before him. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's a disappointment. Maybe it's a fear. Take a moment right now. Talk to God about it. It could also be some things you need to confess to God. Forgiveness of sorts. Take a moment. Let's eat together. Once he had broken the bread, he gave it to the disciples. He gave his life for the whole world. Jesus has chosen me. He has chosen you. And we live in him. And he gives us a gift to the world. Now, Owen writes, it's only as people who are given that we can fully understand our being chosen, blessed, and broken. And in the giving, it becomes clear that we are chosen, blessed, and broken, not simply for our own sakes, but so that all 
that we live in final significance in its being lived for others. In other words, may we be thankful that Jesus has died in our brokenness and promises us wholeness. So my question to you today is, where is God calling you to give yourself for the sake of others? Where is your area of ministry? Where is your need for sacrifice? I invite you to stand. I know we haven't taken the cup. Just be, bear with me. I invite you to stand with the band and let's sing this song.
Jesus. Jesus said, drink, the, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood, the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so before we drink together, this, which you hold in your hand, is the blood of Christ poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sin. And so Jesus, as we take this cup, let it be a sign for us, for all that you have done for us and who you are for us. And we thank you that you bring us peace that passes understanding. Let us participate together. Jesus, through your death and resurrection, you reconciled the world to God. And though through your example, you have shown us a way to peace. Give us strength as the people of God to be channels of peace in this world, speaking your peace, living your peace, always longing for that moment of eternal peace when we shall see you again. And all who agreed said amen. In ancient time, the one who blessed extended his hands for a blessing. Those receiving a blessing did likewise. If you can help us stack chairs at the end, that'd be great. But may the path that Christ walks to bring justice upon the earth to bring light to those who sit in darkness, to bring out those who live in bondage, to bring new things to all creation. May this path run through our life. May we be the road that Christ takes. Now be blessed and go and live the church this week. See you next week.